Welcome, Bird Gang. Well, certainly did not expect to be talking about this on today's show. As Jordan Hicks said postgame, that is an unacceptable loss. He ain't lying. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 513, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So I was taught at a very young age, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. The problem there, MJ, is it's my job to say something. And like a lot of you, Bird Gang, none of it is good. A lot of anger. Post-game, into Sunday night, Monday morning. There was disappointment after losing to the Packers. Some stunned people after the loss to the Panthers. Rams, okay, you got beat by a better team. But angry. Anger. People are upset, and I don't blame anyone for their feelings here on this Monday following the Cardinals' 30-12 to loss to the Detroit Lions. I mean, that's a great word, anger. How is this happening at this point in the year? Now, they're 10-4, and four, but they're limping down the stretch right here. And this all could be corrected if he come out and beat the Colts. And right now, it's just just won a football game. But it's just what's disappointing to me is they had an opportunity a week ago, knowing was it was at stake. Again, lost to you know quality football team. They're in the playoffs right now in their playoff picture. But again, I say throw out the records. But this team, they're playing for pride. They're playing for their jobs next year. And I think I don't. We 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 talked about this. I'm not into style points at this point in the year. Just win the football game. And it was so disappointing. They're down 17 nothing at halftime, and I kept thinking they're going to come back. They're going to come back. They only scored 12 points. I I don't know. Are you more concerned about the offense or defense? <laughs> it's a very very good question. First though, I, I want to ask this question. Why is it always the Lions, and why is it always Jared Goff? Because now this is five straight seasons, five straight games. The Cardinals are winless against the Lions, and Jared Goff is 8-1 and one against the Cardinals and 4-0 and oh against Cliff Kingsbury. I, I, I can't put my finger on it because he's on a different team, different personnel. They don't, they don't have all their weapons. Uh, I, I can't put my finger on it, but – it's just the last couple of games, these quarterbacks, I mean, they're completing the majority of their passes. I think they may have had two sacks and three sacks, but three touchdown passes from Goff and three touchdown passes from Matthew Stafford. We're obviously going to break down what's going on with the offense, defense, but, man, what has happened to the secondary? These guys are running wide open. A lot of questions, a lot of concerns. Yes, everything is correctable, and we could be here one week from today on December 27th 
and talking about a playoff team with 11 wins, having won a home game, and answering question after question that we've been posed to this team since the beginning of the regular season. But that's next week. We have to discuss what happened most recently. And you are only as good as your most recent performance. And that was the worst performance all season. Dare I say the worst performance under head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And once again, for the second straight year, remember last season, I got upset after a week three loss to the Rams. And everyone's like, oh, you know, it's early. Don't worry about it. That game cost the Cardinals a playoff spot because the Bears swept the Lions. Cardinals lost to the Lions. Bears get in, Cardinals don't. I still believe that this is a playoff team. This is a much more talented team than last season. They're just not playing like it. And it's it's hard to, for me personally, MJ, to question effort. I, I can't do that. But I can certainly question performance and whether you wanted it or not. And just some of the quotes post game, Kyler Murray, they were hungrier than us. They played harder than us. Kingsbury, they had a better sense of urgency from the start. Why? How does that happen? With so much on the line, mid-December, you haven't made the playoffs since 2015. You've accomplished nothing. Nothing. And you have a team that's got one win? They played hungrier? Outplayed you? That's inexcusable. And that's the word unacceptable. That's the word Jordan Hicks used to describe what happened on Sunday. Unacceptable. Again, you're playing for something. You're playing a team that, you know, just kind of stringing out their season. You would have thought the Lions were playing for a playoff berth. The Cardinals are playing for a playoff berth. It, it's 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 disappointing. Um, and Craig, I mean, let's just let's just rewind a little bit. Last year, how upset were we? When it came to week 16 and 17, this team, all they had to do is win a game. They lose to C.J. Beathard and then John uh, Wolford. And they didn't play well. And it's kind of like a little reminder of what happened last year. Had a chance to win a game against the 49ers or Rams. Now, they're in much better position. They are a much better team. I like what you said. I mean – Nobody's going to pick the Cardinals to beat the Colts just because the Cardinals can't stop the run. But it's the NFL. I don't think anybody thought, you know, the Saints were going to beat the Buccaneers. Tom Brady doesn't score a single touchdown. They don't score a single point. And you're right. Just to calm the the masses down, and you have every right to be upset today. But if you're 11-4, and four, now you got to go to Cowboys, Seattle. I mean, this is – this. I'm not going to say this team is not going to win another game because I don't believe that. I know people are thinking that, and based on how they played, again, they lost to a good Rams team at home on Monday Night Football. That was a terrible loss to a team that only had one win. So now it's up to the players in the locker room to get this corrected and don't embarrass yourself moving forward. And all of the talk all week long, it is going to be a long week heading into this Week 16 Christmas Day game. All the merriness that comes with the holiday, that is out the window. And you're right. It's the coaches and the players. And everything that gets talked about, everything that gets written about this team all week long, 
It's all true. Until those players and those coaches change our mind, prove us wrong. Prove us wrong for how we think and how we feel on this Monday and all week long because we're going to go back and say, you know what? Same thing happened last season. You start off 7-1, and one, excuse me, start off 5-2, and two, and you finish 3-6, and six, don't make the playoffs. Here, it's worse. You started 7-0, and oh, and you're 3-4 and four since then. And you've gone from the one seed to the four seed in a matter of weeks. And I get it. It's one – each week is its own week. But now we're talking about back-to-back losses for the first time all season – and it does matter when you lose because if it's mid-September, October, and you're losing back-to-back games, that's fine. But in December, you have to be playing your best football, and this Cardinals team is far from playing its best football. No. I mean, just look at the look at the, the different months in wins and losses starting in September. Look where they are in December now. You know, it's – again, though, I, I just feel – that they have to have a more of a sense of urgency. When they step on that field Saturday night, it's us against the world. I mean, again, nobody's going to – and maybe it's better that they're flying, they'll fly on the radar because the Colts and a lot of other teams are playing well down the stretch. And, you, and again, they still have three games. It's not like they got one game left and they're just going to limp into the postseason. You still got time to figure this out. But it all starts – with accountability, and, and and this team, you know the penalties are still starting to add up again behind the sticks. They're not playing Cardinal football, and I tweeted this out the first week of the season, and people got on me when they were seven. And I said this can be a good team. I didn't use the word great. This could be a good team if they don't beat themselves. They're beating themselves right now. Well, I'll even say, yeah, against the Rams, but I'll say the Lions manhandled the Cardinals on Sunday. They did anything that they wanted to do, offensively and defensively. I'm just saying when you only score 12 points in your defense, I mean, those guys are uh, running wide open. I'm just saying that's not Cardinal football. So at the end of the day, they have to look in the mirror and say, okay, we have to get this corrected. But I'm saying they beat themselves when they – commit these penalties and get behind the sticks. You're right. They got manhandled. They That team wanted it more than the Arizona Cardinals. You talk about a sense of urgency. Here's the sense of urgency on Sunday, or lack thereof. First two possessions, Cardinals ran six plays for three yards. Lions ran 23 plays for 161 yards and led 10 nothing. No sense of urgency on the road, a, a destination being away from State Farm Stadium that had been your everything, undefeated, winning by double digits, and you lose, and you lose by double digits. It's look, we all we all want to get this fixed. We all know what the problems are. We just don't know why they keep happening, especially against a inferior opponent like the Detroit Lions. Let's. Let's first focus here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals on the offense. And there's a number of different directions here, but you mentioned it. 12 points. Held to 12 points by a defense that ranked 29th in points allowed. Kyler Murray did not have a good game. Let's touch on QB1 and the fact that he was off, way off. 
56% completion percentage, lowest mark of the season by far. He had receivers wide open. He was missing them. There were some high throws, some low throws, and then, to be fair, he didn't get a lot of help because there were drop passes by everyone across the board, and that has left people scratching their head because when this machine, this offensive machine gets rolling, it looks dynamic, and it sputtered and stalled at Ford Field. Yeah, and I guess we figured out who's going to get the targets since Hopkins was out. Christian Kirk, 12 targets. Zach Ertz, 11 targets. A.J. Green saw eight targets. It looks like Christian Kirk remains the deep threat for Kyler Murray. To me, Craig, let's go back to the start of the game, okay? So we know that the Cardinals won the toss and they deferred, and they've done it pretty much every year, every game, except a couple they didn't win the toss. So the Lions go on a 15-play drive, and the Cardinals hold and do a field goal. Now, they kept the ball for nine minutes. So, okay. Cardinals come back. First and ten from Detroit 41. Um, Kyler Murray, they look like a runner, RPO or zone read. And James Conner is coming to the line of scrimmage, and there's a hole there. He could have ran for six or seven yards. Murray decides that he's going to keep it and try to outrun Harris, number 53, and he loses a yard, I want to say, or no gain. And then there was a short pass to Wesley. Then you get Humphrey's false start penalty. And now, basically, they're going three and out, and they got a punt. All right, so now the Lions get the ball back. And next thing you know, um, they go on a drive, uh, eight plays, 93 yards. 93 yards, and they score a touchdown there. Okay, next drive. Cardinals get the ball back. James Conner, six yards. Murray gets sacked, another three and out. It's just we talked about it, and maybe they don't think the same thing, and that's fine. I mean, this is what they do, and they know more football than I do. You're getting Chase Edmonds back. He hasn't played in a while. The whole idea was let's get back to running the football and utilize play action. And then you look in the first half, yeah, you're down. But the numbers were pedestrian when you come, when you start looking at what they did in the first half running the football. And, again, I understand you're down, and then somebody must have had a conversation with someone because in the third quarter they came out and ran that football. It was night and day for how it started. Well, that first possession in the third quarter, a nine-play drive that resulted in a field goal, six of the nine plays or six of the eight offensive plays run were running plays. Good running plays. James Conner, 22 yards. James Conner, three yards to convert on third and one. Chase Edmonds, 23 yards. So where was that in the first half? Because as we touched on Cardinal Talk, Conner and Edmonds combined to carry the ball three times against the league's 28th best run defense in the first half. Three carries in the first half. And that, to me, I mean, look – you talked about the game plan or what we thought the game plan should have been with Edmonds coming back. Maybe they had a different philosophy talking about the coaching staff. Obviously did, but not establishing the run early in that game on the road against a porous rush defense. And your two best backs carry the ball three times, a total of three times in the first half. 
that that's mind-boggling. Well, in the first half, actually, Connor had it twice, and Edmonds had it once. Ronald Moore had it one, and Kyler Murray, two. That's six right there. It wasn't – I mean, that was the first half. Connor, two. Edmonds, one. But, again, where is – we could sit here and, and bang this drum all day, but – so Kyler Murray was 11 for 15 in the first half, 91 yards, uh, was sacked a few times. Cardinals were um, one for five on third down. They were four of eight. So you could start to see they had 37 plays. Cardinals had 23. But the fact is those numbers should have been flipped to where you run the ball. But, again, they're now they're down 17 nothing. They gave up three points in the first quarter and 14 points in the second quarter. Yeah, once you trail by three scores, it's hard to maintain Three that. possessions, too, you know. It's, it's oh yeah, it becomes much more difficult to run the football, though they tried in that second half, at least early in the game. But getting back to the overall numbers, there is a trend now when you look at the four losses for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's how many times this team runs the football. 21 carries on Sunday, not a season low, 20 is a season low, and the Cardinals had 20 rushing attempts against the Packers, a loss, against the Panthers, a loss. 22 carries Monday night against the Rams, a loss. So 20, 21, and 22 rushing attempts in the four losses this season. That's what James Conner and Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray, I'll beat you to the punch, M-Day. I'll bring up K-1 before you have a chance to when we discuss the team's rushing ability. You have to be able to be more balanced in the 50 pass attempts on Sunday, including Colt McCoy for that last possession. 50 pass attempts, a season high. 49 against the Rams just six days earlier. What is my magic number running the football? 35. 30. 30. Excuse me, 30. 30. Nobody, you mean, you again, they've done that a few times against uh, the Rams and when they – now, some of those games, Panthers, Packers – um, you know, the Cardinals basically couldn't stop the run, or at least in the Packers game, and then obviously in the Panthers game. So the numbers, at that point, you're not going to be able to run the ball 30 times. You're, tra- you're tra- trailing. But point is, when a game starts, that's where you get your balance. And, and I know that Rodney Hudson wasn't in there, and he's missed games. The offensive line, and they're playing indoors. They want to run the football. I mean, again, Dick Chase has been chomping at the bit to get out there. So I just – you got to go back to the identity of this offense. Well, it's running the ball and utilizing play action. And right now, I don't, I don't know if, if – because if, I don't see teams doing anything different. I mean, they may bring pressure because Murray, you know, if he doesn't have, you know, he's got to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker, but you got to let these guys run their routes. I don't think this offense is stagnant like it was last year when maybe when they played Brian Flores and Bill Belichick where they, it was kind of like they, um, they were keeping them in the pocket. I don't see that. It's just right now I, I just feel like Kyler's pressing. He's got to take what the defense gives him. And I go back to when Colt McCoy won two road games, San Francisco and Seattle. Yes, it was a different game plan. He doesn't have the same skill set. He can never make the same throws. But at least they were able to run their offense, quick passes, screen game. 
quick pass screen game. And I know people are, and I always say it's an extended run play, and some people disagree with me. They they don't like these bubble screens because a guy like Rondell Moore, it was a, it was a, a quick pass to him, and, man, give that DB credit. He had him tackled right on the spot. Normally you want to get him out in space. So I don't want to get fixated on, on being, you know, play calling. But I, I just think they got to get back to the, the offense that Colt McCoy was running. But Kyler's got to understand he cannot do everything on his own. He's trying to be the hero, and he's got help around him. There's 10 of the players on the football field. There's guys on the sidelines. He doesn't have to be all him. In high school, he could win a ball game by himself. In college, he could win a ball game by himself. Can't do that in the National Football League. You need help. And all this talk about MVP, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, well, now it's a two-horse race, if you will, and Kyler Murray's not even in the discussion. And if that's what he was after, in addition to getting this team wins, sorry, that conversation's done. You just need to get into the postseason, period. Well, you know, I've, I've done the research. Over the last 10 years, to even be in that conversation, you have to have at least 12 and a half wins. Now, it's still possible. But those other guys, um, you know, the Bucks, they got the Jets, and they got the Panthers twice. So, um, you know, the Ravens had a chance last night against the Packers. They came up short. So, it's – I got to think if you're going to be in that MVP conversation, you're going to have 12, uh, 13, or 14 wins. And I don't – the Cardinals right now only have three games left. Looking at the targets, and it just – hit me as far as the ability of both Chase Edmonds and James Conner to catch the ball out of the backfield. They had a combined three targets that entire game. Two catches, both by James Conner, but three targets. It was wide receiver and tight end Zach Ertz heavy as far as the pass distribution, and I'd like to see not only more rushing attempts, but how about utilize what makes Chase Edmonds and James Conner so dynamic, their ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's what happened when they when when they uh, going to San Francisco. Great game plan from Kingsbury, and Colt ran it where they were they they were allowing guys to rush up the field, and he would bait them, and then they would throw the screen pass. And that's where James Conner would take the ball in yards after catch. That's Chase Edmonds. We didn't see that yesterday. They tried to spin it down the field. Now, in fairness to them, we talked about it all week. That's secondary wasn't ranked very high either. And so I understand looking at it, but to me, you have to be able to run the football. You can't fall down 17 nothing at halftime to where they're dictating tempo. Yeah, I mean, you start – I mean, all these stats we bring up, oh, they can attack this. Well, it didn't happen because I, I understand why they're trying to throw the ball down the field. First, A, you're trying to get back in the game. You're trying to flip field position. But – you would have thought they would be able to throw for 300 yards yesterday just from a standpoint of just being accurate and, and based on their secondary. And Kyler, 23 or four, uh, 23 for 41, rating 72. I mean, his completion percentage definitely was down from previous games. Some other numbers about the offense. First time all season, the Cardinals failed to score at least one touchdown when reaching the red zone, they went 0-4 and turned it over on downs the first time. And, yeah, it does count. At the end of the game, they were inside the 20-yard line, so that does count as a red zone trip. But going 0-4 inside the red zone can't happen. Even worse, 
0 of 2 on goal-to-go situations. Another first in a game this season, and what many people are pointing to is not the decision. Or we can discuss. You want a second quarter, the decision to go for it on fourth and goal from the three and the incomplete pass, a drop by Antoine Wesley. Take the points there. You're down 10 to three, and that's that's was kind of my feeling at that point in the game. I love the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is aggressive on fourth down, and I had no problem with any of the fourth down calls or decisions. Let me make that clear. Fourth down decisions against the Rams. But here against the Lions, just the feel of that first half, I would have personally taken the points. I understand three yards should be able to get it, but I just had an uneasy feeling in that first half and you turned it over, you came away with zero points as opposed to at least cutting the deficit to one possession and at least having something on the scoreboard. But that's and I you know, that's where you go with analytics and then your gut. And I don't know, Kingsbury, if it was just, well, this is what I do and I'm gonna do it. Well no, have the ability and have the option, have the wherewithal, you know what? We're gonna take the points here. It's not my MO, it's not what I'm about. I just don't feel good with the way this offense is performing and how well the Lions' defense is going. All right, so let's fast forward. So 6-13 to go in the second quarter. Let, let's fast because that, that was a nice um, – I think it was uh, Murray to Kirk for 24 yards. So eventually they got down to the, his first and goal from the six. Okay, Murray short middle to Connor for 15 yards. I'm sorry, that was a play – so here, Murray, no gain. Next play, short pass to Kirk for three yards. You're on the goal line. You got James Conner. And then Murray incomplete to A.J. Green, and then Murray incomplete to Wesley. Maybe he dropped it, didn't catch the ball. You're right there. That's that's your bread and butter. He's got 15 or 16 rushing touchdowns. And this isn't second guessing. This is just looking at it and going, okay, but you came away with nothing. Yeah, I mean, I I've gone back and forth. I, you know, I I, I get it. That he's 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 consistent. Well, that's great. But to me, you got to know the game, the flow of the game, down and distance, momentum. And let's be honest, Craig. Really, since Kyler Murray threw that interception in the uh, in the game on Monday night to Zach Ertz, this team has had a hard time scoring in the red zone. Touchdowns. I mean, how many receivers, what do they have? I went back and, and did look it up. Against the Houston Texans, in that game alone, there were two touchdown tosses to wide receivers. Over the next seven games since, two touchdowns total to wide receivers. Now, Zach Ertz has caught two. James Conner has a touchdown catch. But the wide receiver position, just two touchdowns over the last seven games. So, And, and clearly they mishopped there. I mean, yes, he is eight, seven came in the red zone, and some came on third and fourth down. Now, he also dropped the ball that he could have walked in the end zone in that in that uh, Rams game. But, yeah, I just, like I said, when you get down there, the field gets shorter. This guy has been a bully in James Conner. I would just like to see them run the football. And if you want to use the read option where Kyler can, you know, he can walk in the end zone because maybe they over-pursue. But the fact that you're throwing that many times when you're down there, the offensive linemen, they want to win at the point of attack. Again, I just when I look at him, I'm like, you have James Conner. 
you have a healthy Chase Edmonds. You have Kyler Murray. It didn't work, and that's why we're talking about it now because uh, that was just that was just a dis- disappointing first half for the Cardinals. Four pass plays east-west. At no point was there north-south as far as between the tackles, to your point, with a James Conner or Chase Edmonds or even a Kyler Murray running the football. Cardinals, if you look at the success on fourth down overall, 13-22, great number. First eight games, they were perfect, 7 of 7. The last six games, 6 of 15. So defenses are catching up, or just the execution hasn't been nearly as good. There could be a little bit of both in that. Yeah, that's interesting because when it's working, it's working. And when it's not, you're leaving points on the you're leaving points on the field where you can t- listen. We every team would like to get to the red zone and, and, and score touchdowns, but you go on these drives and you get down there, you got to come away with something. Uh, like I said, he's consistent about it, but I think every single game has got to be what's the flow of the game down in distance. We haven't scored, or they you know they have team hasn't scored. We're, I just want to get points on the board. Get some momentum here. Again, he is consistent about it, but like I said, every game should be different where it's not automatic. you you got to know, like going against the Rams front four, yes, Connor usually gets that, but they were they were the much better team. And, and again, I don't question because I, I always appreciate when they go north and south and, you know, Kyler running outside the pocket. So I, I didn't mind the call there, but again, you're going against the Rams. That has to come in the equation. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals as we discuss a disappointing, embarrassing, lackluster performance on Sunday in Detroit. Cardinals lose 30-12. to Let's switch it now, MJ, and talk about a defense, a very good defense, yet on Sunday allowed the league's worst team on third down to convert four of five third down opportunities in the first quarter and 6 of 13 for the game. You mentioned that opening drive that took nine minutes twice on that drive, third and four and a third and five. Third down converted. Defense's inability to get the Lions off the football field. Yeah, and this is the second week in a row that the opposing quarterbacks outplayed Kyler Murray. I know they don't go against each other, but we always look at the stats. Um, Once again, they just couldn't get any pressure. Clean – Kept clean, 60 for, he was 16 for 20, referring to Goff, 129 yards, touchdown. Under pressure, he was 5 for 6, 86 yards, two touchdowns. Craig Reynolds, uh, Reynolds, he had 32 career offensive snaps entering that game. 32 career? Yeah. He more than doubled that. He had 42 against the Cardinals, took full advantage of the opportunity with 92 yards rushing, after contact, nine missed tackles forced as a runner. Nine missed tackles. And then, obviously, you look at St. Brown and Josh Reynolds. Um, I mean, Brown caught eight of ten targets, including both contested catches and targets for 90 yards. Reynolds caught all six of his targets for 67 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, 32 career offensive snaps. Now, the story was – you can tell what his nickname is and all that, but I guess in the preseason he really flashed. And then you know why the Lions were losing running backs. Everyone's like, why don't we see this Craig Reynolds? 
And so he finally got an opportunity. And, and look, they have a really good running backs coach there. I think Campbell hired a good staff. A lot of former players. Deuce Staley is the, the running backs coach. Seemed like he was bypassed for a couple jobs in Philadelphia as maybe the coordinators, et cetera. But, I mean, you only can ask for an opportunity, and he took advantage of his opportunity. Well, Reynolds was given an opportunity last week elevated from the practice squad and had 11 carries for 83 yards against the Broncos. On Sunday, his first career start, and he rushed the ball for 112 yards, just the second time this defense has allowed a 100-yard rusher. The first, Dalvin Cook. That's acceptable. Not to someone nicknamed Netflix. And the reason his nickname is Netflix, it's a fascinating story. If you're a Lions fan, it's awesome. It's great. If he was on the Arizona Cardinals and we had someone named Netflix, we'd be all over him. (laughs) But his nickname is Netflix because that's what Lions running backs coach Deuce Staley said Reynolds was doing while he was waiting for his next NFL chance. He was watching Netflix. Now, whether that was true or not, but it makes for a great story. And because of that little nugget or that – Quick aside by Coach Staley, everyone within the Lions organization calls Craig Reynolds Netflix. The Cardinals MJ just had Netflix run for 112 yards. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I really don't know how to follow that up. Um, I'll go. I'll I, di- I just know this that they were the better team they they won on both sides of the ball and i didn't think that going in to be honest with you i'll go back to what you said when you broke down that 112 rushing yards and yards after contact nine missed tackles we hadn't really seen a defense whether it's the first level or the second level miss that number of tackles and craig reynolds is on film he doesn't have a lot of history he's an undrafted free agent so why he's able to dodge, elude, run through, run over Cardinal defenders, I mean, that's just fundamental football, right? Yeah. Well, we talk about the CPR uh, drill. I mean, it's just surprising because I I really thought, you know, between Buddha and I still feel this way. I mean, I'm, I'm a more body of work, but we're talking about the most, rele- uh, most relevant thing or yesterday's game. Just the way that they're not tackling in the open field and to see these receivers in the last two games just run wide open, wide open. And that, that wasn't happening earlier in the season. So I, I, I go back and ask you, bigger concern, offense or defense? See, to me – Can I just say the line of scrimmage? <laughs> yeah, because that's where – Because it's the offensive line yes. either not – protecting Kyler Murray, giving him enough time, opening up rushing lanes, and it's the defensive line, the edge rushers not getting enough pressure on opposing quarterbacks to where you're asking the secondary to cover for an additional half second, full second, second and a half. So it's cliche, it begins and ends at the line of scrimmage, but I've seen a failure at the line of scrimmage the past two games, and that's against a good team in the Rams, and against a poor team and the Lions. Yeah, and I got news for you. The Colts' offensive line, they're one of the best in football. They've invested in that offensive line. The Colts' defense, they're really good. Darius Leonard, they don't get a lot of credit. And they got some weapons, young players. Michael Pittman's son plays there. We'll worry about that later in the week. But 
I think I'm more concerned about the offense right now because defense, if you can hold them to 20 to 22 points and the offense gets clicking back like it was, 25 to 28, I'm not put, saying put up 400 yards and 30-plus points, but I, the offense has to balance this out if the defense isn't making stops. So my more concern would be the offense and getting back in the rhythm and getting back in the sync. I like what you said as far as the offense because you have to be able to score points. You have to be able to move the football. And I'll go back to conversations we had about this defense going into the season. They didn't have to be top five, top ten. They just needed to be good enough. Now, they've played better than that. They've excelled. The offense needs to be able to match that. And I don't think we've seen it certainly over the past two games but enough times to where the offense, we hear complimentary football, and that's great and everything, but Kyler Murray needs to start playing much better, better decision-making, and he needs some help. Wide receivers got to catch balls. The running backs need an opportunity because I don't think they were given enough of an opportunity on Sunday. So you look at all of that, but it goes back to, all right, the line of scrimmage. And I don't care who's not playing because the Cardinals have dealt with Rodney Hudson not playing. They've dealt with DeAndre Hopkins not playing. Heck, they won two games in three opportunities with Kyler Murray on the bench. Since his return, MJ, they're one and two. So everything is right here in plain black and white. And there's no gray area. The numbers are the numbers, and this is what you have shown us. Now show us something different. Show us those first seven weeks where you were rolling, whether it was on a, whether it was on the road or at home. A little, little bit more on the road than it was at home, but you were still 30-plus points, 400-plus yards. Everything was flowing, and I realize it's difficult and you can't sustain it for a full 16, 17 games, but you can't be nosediving at the end of the season, and that's where this team is headed. They're, they're in a free fall right now. Yeah, and they beat quality teams. I mean, I know people don't want to focus on September because now we're getting into December and the game changes a little bit. Uh, luckily for the Cardinals, they don't have to play outdoors. Everything will be in the dome, at least for the regular season. Yeah, it's just um, – but they, you know, they beat good teams. They beat – they went to Los Angeles and thumped the Rams. I mean, there, there's some quality wins on there. It's just they haven't – I guess ever since – you know, the Packers game and then the Panthers game, things haven't gone according to plan. But as we end this show, they're 10-4, and four, and they get a chance to, to host on Christmas night. And, again, nobody's going to pick them, and I understand that. But just win. I mean, just find a way to win. I mean, you don't want to be limping in the playoffs. And, granted, you still have the Cowboys game on the road and you got the Seahawks at home. There's three games to get this thing figured out. They're going to make the playoffs. Now it's a matter of where their seating is. They've been at the doorstep now for a couple of weeks, and they're knocking on that door, and no one's answering. And at this point, you just need to kick down that door. Thank you. And that didn't happen on Sunday. Hopefully it happens this week. And maybe it is a good thing that this team is on a short week. Now you just hope that because it's Christmas Day and it's a home game that there are – few if any distractions for this football team yeah i mean it's uh, they they need their five-star players to play like five-star players you look now at where this team sits and 
a little bit big picture, and I don't want to get too far away from what happened on Sunday because I'm still upset, still angry, and it might take a little while before that goes away. Cardinals still, as you mentioned, they are first place in the NFC West. But the Rams, they play the Seahawks on Tuesday, a win, and they're tied. Cardinals, though, with the tiebreaker because they'll have the better division record. Cardinals 4-1. and one. The Rams, if they beat the Seahawks, are 3-2. and two. But in the rearview mirror, coming up very quickly on the left side are the San Francisco 49ers, who are 8-6, and six, just two games back, and right now the sixth seed. You've got three NFC West teams, four, five, and six in the NFC. Thursday night, San Francisco and Tennessee. Big game. Tennessee's coming off a loss. They're not all of a sudden they're not the number one seed in the conference. So another and you know, let's go Seahawks on Tuesday night. I just don't and and I get it. I'm right there with you and go Titans on Thursday. But I don't want this team to back its way into the postseason. I get it. I get it. There are a lot of different scenarios. I mean, I think there were nine scenarios going into week 15, but only one scenario should matter to anyone, any fan, any player, any coach. Win, and you're in. I don't disagree, but I I hear, well, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Well, really? Do you think a team that's 6-7 and right now deserves to make the playoffs? Yeah, it hasn't gone according to plan, but this – I mean, there's going to be ebb and flows. It's just it's happening at the wrong time. But there's still three games to hit that reboot button and make a run. But if they're going to play like they did the last couple of games, they're going to be limping into the playoffs. They have an opportunity, three of them, to get it corrected. And if they don't, then, yeah, it's going to be once again a long off season. They have put themselves in position for – I wouldn't say a lull, but based on how they started, they gave themselves a little bit of a a cushion. But that cushion is getting thinner and thinner by the week. Well, I always say, Craig, at the end of the year, they don't ask you how you won. They ask you how many wins you have. And how'd you get in if you got in, talking about the postseason. Yeah. That's the ebb and flow. Quite frankly, I wish this was happening like in September, but you can't change it. They know what's at stake here. That's the disappointing thing in these last two games. And, again, the Rams were the better team and the Lions were the better team. But you're playing a team that had one win. 30-12, to 12, the final on Sunday. That's some more positivity here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. This little nugget that I read on Darren Urban's aftermath on azcardinals.com, courtesy NFL Research. Since 1970, the team with the best record has now played the team with the worst record, minimum eight games into the season, three times and lost. The previous two teams, two times that team has lost, they went on to win the Super Bowl. The 95 Cowboys and the 2004 Patriots. Do the Cardinals add their name to the list? Is this, this obviously is rock bottom. I mean, you can't go any lower than you are right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm that, that's too much for me to, <laughs> to to comprehend right now after losing to the Lions. 
Fair enough. Maybe it's something that we point to in the month of February and March. Say, you remember that conversation we had on Monday morning, December 20th, and the sky was falling and this and that, and this team couldn't get a a win over a one-win Lions team? Let's hope we're having that conversation. Amen, brother. All you need is an opportunity. All you need is one more win, and the Cardinals punch their ticket to the postseason. Has not happened for the past two weeks. Will it happen this week? Well, nothing like uh, unwrapping presents on Christmas night or Christmas morning, and the Cardinals are in the playoffs because it looked like the Lions gifted the Cardinals their present yesterday. Well said, MJ. (laughs) And you know what? We'll leave it on that note here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, putting a lid on this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.